Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Oh, or was yeah. I supposed to act that out? Hello and welcome to the China Shop. Step right in, doors are open, wide open, windows, they've been smashed, you can just crawl right in the window. Welcome, welcome, I'm Shopkeeper Dan, with me as always is Kyle, greaterfinancialineptitude.com. How are you doing today, Kyle? Doing good. How are you doing, Dan? Ah, fucking pissed off at the post office, that's what I am, <laughs> I'm a disgruntled old man, stupid post office. Anyway, yeah, I'm having a rough week. All right. Uh, come on into the shop with us today. Sit back, relax, rage against the hedge machine. We'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us. We're here smashing our way in a complete set of fine china, sharing our ever-growing strategies. Actually, I think they're ever-shrinking, Kyle. I think we're, <laughs> we're using less and less broad strategies. Showing our ever-shrinking strategies for maximizing gains and cutting losses. Or ever-growing strategies for maximizing losses and cutting gains. Yeah. Feels like lately. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even been actively trading for the last couple of weeks and I'm still managing to lose a lot of money. So <laughs> I feel like king of the world. It's pretty impressive, Dan. Uh, if you're new to stock trading in general, yeah, you should probably check out our knowledge center on financialnepstitude.com uh, or one of our beginning trading episodes because there is a lot involved with stocks and options. And, and there's just so much information that you're not going to pick it up on just this episode. No. Uh, so you can check that stuff out. We'll have all those link, links in the episode description. Uh, but best place to be is to join our Discord server. Kyle and I are on there every day, and it's really just an awesome place to be. I was going to say, we're on there, but hadn't been very active the last uh, week, so apologies for that, fellas. Yes. We are posting all our trades. We just didn't make very many last week. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes, it's it's true. We did get called out by DJ Tequila. Hey, where are all your trades? <laughs> <laughs> They're in my mind. So when you do join that server, make sure to reach out to us. Send us your address either through a, a DM or an email. Uh, and we, we can send you a smash it yourself mug or shot glass straight from the China shop. We're just so glad you're here. This place is always better with friends. <sighs> okay, Time. now what? Now what? Oh, we got some show news. I know we got show news. Don't have any guests lined up. Uh, Trying to get something worked out with another podcast group. Uh, Keep you guys posted when that does come out or when we get something scheduled with them. Uh, Still trying to get that other beginner episode scheduled. I know the guy that we were lined up to talk to had some family issues, so he's out of town uh, this week. And Mm. so, yeah, just everything seems to be getting pushed back. Still working on trying to get those fellas from Change Bridge over. I think they're still dealing with compliance. It sounds like they're as good at that as the post office is at delivering packages. Are you sure it wasn't? They just listened to our show and they were like, whoa, we made a huge mistake. (laughs) I mean, that's maybe the compliance group did. (laughs) They seem to enjoy us. (laughs) 
Uh, let's see. Other thing is, I'm going out of town on the week of the 28th, so we're working on getting a guest host to fill in for that. Oh, yeah. I, I know who gets my vote. Uh, yeah, wait to hear back from him, so hopefully, hopefully that works out. Sounds good to me. You had something, too, to share with us, didn't you? Did, did I? I heard the answering machine was getting dusted off again. Oh, shit! That is right! That's right, we got a voicemail. Oh my god. I thought I'd be trying for days to get a hold of this number, but I didn't, I am not hurting anything. This is Ryan, and, um, I love you both. And I fucking love your podcast, and that's pretty much it. Keep it sleazy, my nevies. <laughs> well, Ryan, we love you too, and I will most assuredly be keeping it sleazy. I'm very glad he was able to get through. <laughs> Should we do something for the ninth caller? Do an old school giveaway? Ninth caller gets a free set of uh, uh, shot glasses? Uh, I was going to say the, the ninth caller gets Kyle reading their voicemail message on their phone or a home answering machine. I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> Just leave the message with what you want it to say. Oh, no, no. You have to th- think of it. Oh, I do? Oh, okay. Yeah. got to be work. Also, it's got to be a risk for them. It can't be a prize. It's got to be a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah uh so you know some great show news love ryan reaching out yes fantastic thanks ryan and love you buddy <laughs> does does ryan have uh uh shot glasses a coffee uh, mug does he already s- have them we did send him a mug um he was upset though that it wasn't smashed yet okay all right ryan we're gonna send you uh uh some smash stuff in the mail for sure i think there's liability issues with that dan i don't know that we really should do that i don't know if you can send broken glass to somebody <laughs> you, you want me to send a, a box of broken beer bottles and coffee no. mugs no i don't <laughs> well you know i don't know what ryan's situation is maybe he's gonna throw some tape on his hands dip them in the broken glass and go have a street fight i don't know uh, i mean that's Jean claude van damme yeah, right. Well, <laughs> it's a Blitzport. Oh, let me fast forward. Reach out to us, 725-22-BULLS. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made. Maybe you want to dip your hands in broken glass and glue and have a street fight. Yeah. Anyway, this show's getting really long. We haven't even gotten anything. I know, this is ridiculous. I think a lot of this is getting cut, though. Yeah, we, we got, a, we got a, a really just riotous... Rambling. romantic rambling show for you today <laughs> lots of market moving news plenty of stocks on the radar and more options than ooh, ooh, i got it uh vanity billionaire space projects <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> i don't think that boeing is ever going to get up there no boeing is the one doing the worst too uh yeah yeah. There's not enough eccentric billionaires running their company, yeah. They need an eccentric billionaire, right? Yes. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, yeah, so reach out to us, uh, just like Ryan did. You can uh, leave us a message or comment on Twitter, Facebook, Discord. Uh, send us an email at twobulls at financialneptitude.com. That's the number two bulls at financialneptitude.com. Or uh, the, the phone call, 725-22-BULLS. Uh, maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you... Want to tell us about a great trade you just made? Or maybe uh, you're dying to be in a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. 
I already said all that. Yeah, you did that one already. This is uh, really rambling. I am. I'm a, I was born to, to be a rambling man. But oh, the bet! <laughs> stupid bet. Itching okay, for this. So new tradition. We have established a new tradition. Apparently, I'm worst is first, is what they say. I'm I'm first. I picked BlackBerry, and it opened the week at ten twenty-five, and closed the week at nine. 88, which brings me from 496.20 down to 478.29. Mm. I don't like the trajectory of my bet portfolio balance nope. this month, Kyle. You're still not last, though. Uh, my bet pick, though, cover this one first because it was awesome. Uh, Capital One, COF, opened the week at 164.84, closed the week at mm-hmm. 177.73. Took my bet oh. total from five hundred and eleven dollars and six cents all the way up to five fifty one oh two. Yeah, well done. I just kept watching that slowly going up a dollar a day. It seemed like it was beautiful. Yeah, why didn't why didn't I buy options on your bet pick this week? I know I was kicked like a fool. I uh, that's yeah. We'll get to that when we get later into the show. But yeah, I was definitely definitely not happy with myself. <laughs> uh, Random had OCFT, which opened the week at five twenty eight peaked at 578 looked like it was going to do one of those things where you know the random just runs up 100 percent and destroys us yeah fucks us for the rest of the month yeah uh but then it just kind of fell off from there ended up stopping out at 491 uh so random's now down to 472.66 from 508.28 oh wow 472.66 okay so i'm not in last place take that random no, but we also had BB as our bet pick with George. Uh, that one's currently, as you said, 988 uh, from the start at 1011. George's pick of SPXS uh, when we started the bet was at 2206. It's currently at 2112 now. Oh. This one looks like a race to the bottom also. <laughs> yes! Race to the bottom. Let's go! There's no real way to lose that uh, bet with George because the worst thing that happens is we just got to plug his shit that we plug anyway. So. Yeah, pretty much. It's a friendly wager. No, no, no ah, risk. Joke's on you, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won as soon as you said yes. All right, last thing to get through is poll results. Uh, last week we asked how you'd classify cryptos, trying to give a hand to Mr. Gensler. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, 50% said as a commodity, 33% as a security, and 17% had no idea. I was kind of surprised about commodity. Yeah. I would have said security. But then again, I've been uh, in the minority on every one of these polls I think we've done so far. (laughs) I also said, fuck turkey bacon. Kyle, out of step (laughs) with America. I need to get out more. Okay. All right. Shall we move on to some news? Oh, please, dear God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. To be here for hours. (laughs) Hours and hours. Well, we all know why we're listening today. Sharpest person with the week to replace. So sit back, we got some market affairs. Get some stories for the fools and the bears. Clowns running companies. Laws change overnight. Here we are. It's time for China Shop News. Yeah, now it's time for China Shop News. I feel like I'm I'm a bear whenever it comes to the news because I, I I love sharing like you know the the bad inflation data and whatnot. Yeah. So I decided I I'll share a, a bullish story. Right. That the headline on Bloomberg headline: Wall Street is the most bullish on stocks in almost two decades. That 
That's scary. Yeah. Hey, what happened two decades ago, Guile? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah. Yes. So uh, apparently uh, about 56% of all recommendations on S&P 500 companies are now listed as buys. That's the most since 2002. The stock, uh, the indexes are in a weird uh, position now where it seems like there's, there's like five or six of like the heavy hitters of each of those that are like propping the entire industries up. Yeah. Like I'll see days where the S and P's going up, but like every single thing on my watch list is down. <laughs> right. And what's not on my watch list is Apple, Netflix, Microsoft, <laughs> Facebook, <Right. laughs> you know, the Fang stocks. <laughs> yeah. Which are all doing quite well. They are. In fact, uh, uh, one of the quotes from this article that I'd love to share with everybody, it's a, uh, one more data point that shows the extent of the euphoria sweeping markets after a blockbuster earnings season. Oh, I Oof. seem to recall something <laughs> about that word euphoria from the trade pro lessons. Yeah, peak euphoria leads to the, uh, that's the most dangerous time to be in the market. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's, uh, when you're feeling euphoric is when you should sell. Because <laughs> things are about to turn and you'll go down and then you'll feel miserable. Once the price drops. I think what that means is it's time to tighten up all your stop losses. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Uh, yeah, I, I did an old uh, reversal. The story was bullish, but my interpretation is bearish. Such a bear, Dan. I know. God, uh, what am I doing in a china shop? We're going to end up being like an Irish bar. It'd be the bull and the bear. Hey, <laughs> the bull and the bear. <laughs> I should be in a stream searching searching for salmon. Uh, my story started out good, but... Uh, not looking so great, too. <laughs> uh, infrastructure bill finally passed the Senate. This is the big bipartisan one, the trillion-dollar budget or uh, infrastructure bill that we've been waiting to get. Uh, but now the House, there's like nine Democrats in the House that are threatening to derail the budget plan and the infrastructure bill. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to see what the reason is. They will not vote on it until the $3.5 trillion social spending plan has been passed in the Senate. Like, Okay, good luck with that. Uh, oh, yeah, the moderate Dems won't pass the ambitious budget spending plan until the trillion-dollar infrastructure bill passes. But then the left-wing progressives are saying they won't vote on the infrastructure bill until the social spending plan is passed in the Senate. Yeah, that that sounds like uh, sounds so, like our, our Congress and Senate. Yeah, doesn't matter who's running it. Uh, nobody can agree on anything, and it uh, looks like it sucks to be a government employee. <laughs> so you're probably going to get furloughed again. <laughs> but kyle all the analyst expectations for the stock market are up nothing bad can happen something's gonna happen <laughs> i don't know what i don't know when always does yes nobody knows when that's the key takeaway yeah folks that's right this is the analysis you tune into to hear here's the new story and we have no fucking clue what that's gonna have <laughs> what it means <laughs> i have a prediction for you the market is gonna change <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, let's talk about something we can actually talk about coherently. Kathy Wood is still bullish on China. Not all of China, uh, but uh, she's publicly, and uh, if you follow her ARC funds, she's still invested in some Chinese companies, specifically Chinese healthcare companies. Hmm. And if I pull up the story here, I can give you some actual numbers. I am not bullish on China right now. Yeah. So, well, she, I mean, to be fair, ARK Invest has recently dumped most of their Chinese holdings. Right. But they, she's kept the Chinese healthcare 
stuff that she has. Mm-hmm. The apparently the biggest and best facilities in China uh, account for less than ten percent of the like thirty thousand ho- hospitals, but they do almost half of all the business because hmm. it's where all the good doctors are. So everybody just goes to the hospitals with the best doctors and puts up the wait times. Apparently. Uh, and and so as China Chinese healthcare gets digitized, she's saying that uh, the Chinese healthcare market's going to be a fifty billion dollar market as it uh, changes and te- grows technologically. Interesting. Uh, you know, and I guess she's been a big investor in uh, the U.S. Tele- telemedicine stock, like Teladoc Health was one of her picks. Yeah, I was going to say I thought she was one of the. Yeah, I thought I remember reading that too. So she's seeing the same kind of stuff in China where. Uh, tech companies are coming out. I think with the res- you know just whatever happened with the past year, the events of you know everybody being stuck at home and then realizing how great it is to be able to do all this shit online, and not have to actually go out and interact with idiots. Yeah, uh, any of those things are going to do well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You go get a doctor's analysis remotely. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had I've had a few telemedicine appointments where I was like, this is way better than going in and sitting at the doctor's office. Yeah, so Kathy Wood still <laughs> bullish on Chinese healthcare stocks. I mean, she's been pretty good the last decade. Might yeah. be worth taking a look at. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think she just, you know, sits in the dark and pulls these names out of a hat. I think she really does her research on the industry and the numbers and she's a smart lady. What else you got for news, Kyle? I've got one about Google. I posted this one to the Discord earlier in the week, and still kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, Google's rolled out a new internal calculator to explain potential pay cuts to their employees who decide to uh, work remotely. Mm. And basically, it's penalizing suburban staffers. Um, so what they're doing is, uh, let's see. So if you work at like the Manhattan office, for example, and you live in Connecticut, mm-hmm. which a lot of people make that commute rather than pay the cost of living to live in Manhattan, which is one of the most expensive places in the world. Yeah, or you could just ride the train. Yeah. So they're going to, those people who work, who decide to work remotely from Connecticut are now going to see their salaries cut by about 15% if they choose to continue working at home. What about the people that live in New York City and decide to work from home? People who still live in New York City... If they choose to work from home permanently, they will not have their pay cut at all. So it's all based on where you live. But they're doing the same job. I mean, uh, presumably. Presumably. They potentially, they give, yeah, you could have two people on the same programming team. Yeah, it looks like it's a percentage cut of your base pay is what they're doing. So, oh, yeah, that pisses me off. It, like, on the one hand, I can see, like, okay, you're working remotely. I'm sure there's a productivity loss because just all the extra distractions you have trying to work from home. I mean, let's be honest. Potentially, if you don't have H- yeah. If you don't have HR staring over your shoulder, you know, to stop you from watching YouTube videos while you try to enter in those, <laughs> or you try to deep de- de- uh, debug computer code or whatever the fuck they do there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Guilty of that myself. Watching watching TV while I'm working. I, and then also, you know, like the person who decides to work from home is like going to be saving a lot on commuting costs. But why should that come out of their pocket? Because What's Google going to save out of this transaction? I mean, presumably they have to rent less office space. Mm-hmm. Less electricity. Don't have to staff as many HR people. It's probably less, you know, 
probably less uh, harassment complaints. (laughs) 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 Oh, oh, man. If someone's working from home and you get hurt at home, I assume you're not getting workman's comp for tripping over your stairs. But you trip over the stairs at Google, then you're getting, you know, getting a paycheck to sit at home. They're they're liable. Oh, wow. So Google's saving a shitload, I would think, just in the the fact that the people aren't actually physically there at the offices. But yet they're still punishing employees who want to work at home. I don't know. It just, it seems slimy. Well, one of my least favorite things, and as as the fellow uh, classmates in my business classes are well aware, I I don't like the the trimming uh, like like let's increase the bottom line by lowering labor costs not by like efficiencies but just by well we'll give them less benefits and pay I I always think that's that's sleazy no oh, yeah I mean it's one thing you have to do it to survive yeah exactly survive it's another thing yeah. if you're just trying to you know make your bonuses another few points higher fucking a Google wow. Wasn't yeah. their their whole corporate philosophy "Don't be evil"? Ah, uh, I mean, <laughs> I think they lost that when they capitulated to China. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, well, this might I make guess, a good poll, then I guess, right? Too should what? What should Google's new corporate model be? Corporate motto be: <laughs> be no, less evil, <laughs> only be a little evil. I was going to say how just how people uh, feel about that. Oh, if you yeah, work from yeah, home, yeah. should you take a pay cut or or not? Should your pay cut be based on your fucking cost of living on the location you choose to live? I don't know. It'll be something like that. Oh, All right. I'll work we'll figure it out. out. Yeah. Stay tuned on the Twitters. We'll have that poll. All right. You got any other stories? Uh, those are my new stories for the day. I've got one more. All right. Well, and it involves our favorite Elon Musk. Ooh. The Elon Musk Elon anecdote Elon. of the week. <laughs> That's gonna, I need to get that its own theme song. All right, so the SpaceX Super Heavy Booster 4 and the Starship Prototype Ship 20, when they're stacked together, <laughs> makes 420. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, and people are loving this coincidence. Oh, coincidence? Musk is claiming it's a complete coincidence and wasn't actually part of the plan. That's fucking uh, funny. <laughs> <laughs> so there's... Uh, a f- fan, Austin Barnard, uh, he's the one who made the initial connection. Uh, he also posted uh, this little bit, too. The booster heart was originally 7 meters, but it was they eliminated half a barrel for manufacturing efficiency. So now guess what height it is now? Oh, what what height is it? 69. 69, <laughs> 69 feet? 69 meters. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. It was originally 70 meters, now 69 meters. 69 meters. Oh, wow. Another coincidence, I'm sure. So, does autism mean immature? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Oh, that's funny. I mean, I love it. (laughs) I do too. But it's it's it's. I just think that's where where we've uh, where we've advanced to in the blending of business and casual. I feel like in the 50s and 60s, if this thing came out, people would be like shocked. And it would be it would be seen as a completely unprofessional business, and people wouldn't want to do business with Tesla because it wasn't professional. But now, like like we're work, we're talking about working from home. People, you know, dressing fucking casual Fridays, casual every day in a lot of places. 
Yeah, that's a good point. What would a like a 1920s businessman think of seeing that picture of Elon Musk and Richard Branson before Branson's flight, and he's standing in his house with no shoes on? Right. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you're in a picture with bare feet. My God, what are you a hobo? You sell <laughs> hot crackers. This is a awful picture. <laughs> All right, I think it's time to uh, mention. Yes. Two Bulls in a China Shop is brought to you by Sue Pullen, a Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. Sue Pullen is a certified... Speaking of business casual. <laughs> Speaking of business casual. Oh, yeah, yeah. Can I get some lounge music, Dan? Can you get some lounge music? <laughs> Sit back, folks. <laughs> Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor who focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. Yeah, baby. With over 20 years of experience... Sue has helped thousands of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even a reverse mortgage. Yeah, you ladies know what I'm talking about. Sue will help. Licensed in 27 states, but not growing. Reverse that mortgage. (laughs) Reach out and see what Sue can do for you. Just give her a call. 520-977-7904. You can even send her an email if you like. Spullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS 2289. Casual realtors are just waiting to take your call. Sue <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> <laughs> Pullen has an MLS number 206048. Reach out, see what Sue can do for you. <laughs> uh. I just laugh myself lightheaded. <laughs> One of these days, she's definitely pulling her sponsorship. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be Hot crackers, it. you boys are making a mockery of my business. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay. Two bowls and a china shops. Also proud affiliate of Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro Academy oh, professionals, yeah. I should say. Mm, they know how to get it done. With his beard and his Canadian tuxedo, definitely oozes professional. <laughs> yes. Uh, Trade Pro Academy's educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders. Translation, yes. you can learn like the big institutions. They've yeah. got a great staff of highly knowledgeable, successful traders. There's no better place that Dan or I have found to give you everything that you need to be a successful trader. Find them online at tradeproacademy.com or just use our affiliate link in the episode description as we get a commission from anybody who signs up using that link. It's a great way to support the show and improve your own knowledge and skills. Yeah. Again, that uh, you can find them at tradeproacademy.com or just use that episode, uh, that affiliate link in the episode description. In fact, we prefer to use that one because, you know, we want to get paid, too. I just like them because George broke our window coming into the <laughs> shop last week. And any 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 guy who's willing to smash the shop itself is, is welcome in the shop. I'm just saying. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, <laughs> let's, uh, let's move on and uh, let's talk about, uh, you know, getting rich overnight or some shit. Something. But it's never going to happen. <laughs> Crazy. The holes are 
uh, Kyle, I'm still just sitting on my AMC and BlackBerry positions, and and I've got that uh, SOXS position. That's it. Uh, I'm just yeah, sitting you- and watching videos, and and sometimes I look at the market, and sometimes I don't. Are you like taking a break still, or are you just not seeing anything that catches your eye? I'm I'm seeing things that catch my eye. I'm just not feeling the urgency to to be making trades. Uh, I hit a point education wise where I started seeing how much I don't know, mm-hmm. and and it was like, okay, I want to finish this stuff before before I re- and, and develop a really real solid trading strategy on paper and then start to play it. Uh, and then we had that interview with George and he was like, you know, Dan, based on your personality and what you like to do, you could probably do all that doing futures with a solid trading strategy. So I've started the futures course. I did too. And I'm, I'm trying not to like, like I'm, I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to focus on that. So, so like, I don't know. And it's been easier for me because of my work schedule. Uh, uh, I don't mm-hmm. have to try and, and do stocks while I'm at work and the futures market is open so many hours of the day that, uh, well, all of them basically, except for the weekend, uh, I can, <laughs> I can start playing in the evenings and, and, and talking about that. I guess I feel a little guilty for the show that I've been doing so little, uh, but, uh, I think it's been good for my peace of mind, I'm not stressing myself out. I think I, Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about overtrading is kind of our theme that the biggest mistake that we've been doing. I mean, I I took a big step back this week. Also, I made a <laughs> conscious effort to not trade nearly as much. That's right, folks. You tuned into the podcast show telling you about how little we trade. <laughs> well, we're losing less this week. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I still lost. <laughs> uh, Theta burned through some of my options positions this week for sure. I had two positions that were still open. I had uh, Bristol Myers and Johnson and Johnson. I closed out my Bristol Myers ones for a big loss. Mm. I held the Johnson and Johnsons because they still look like they had potential, and they actually ended up closing this last week up over one seventy six. Nice. So I I thought real long and hard about just closing them out and just cashing, or you know, getting maybe a slight profit on Friday, but mm-hmm. I figured, what the fuck. Give them another week. They got another week to run. I'll see what happens Monday. Make a decision then. Yeah. Probably a bad move. Probably was. Probably. <laughs> oh, wait, do those expire in September? No, those are the 820s. I closed out the September ones. I did that probably completely backwards. I didn't like having both of them open, to be honest with you, because, you know, they're kind of the same company, right? Bristol Myers yeah. and Johnson & Johnson. Yeah. Like, why would I bet on the same industry? Yeah. No, it's true. It's true. I, uh, I've, I'll never forget it till the day I die. I was searching, s- searching through stock charts, and I saw Marriott and Hilton. Yeah, and I, I was looking at them both on the weekly, and I was like, "Wait a minute!" And I put them side by side, and it, Kyle, I mean, different levels, but the same chart action. Like the the week Marriott went up, the, it was the same week Hilton went up, and they went up about the same amount percentage wise. Did they go up at the same time, or was one leading and lagging? Uh, I didn't. I didn't dive in that. I think. I think it was. It was. They took turns leading. That's um, that's useful information because you could use that to make catch up plays. Like I haven't looked at Procter and Gamble for a little bit. I ended up closing out my position in them uh, when they were approaching their all time high mm. a couple weeks ago or maybe a month ago. But with Johnson and Johnson pushing new highs. If Procter and Gamble isn't yet, uh, I don't know. Maybe 
may still be room to jump in on Procter and Gamble and try to try to play a catch up play if it's still lagging it. Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, if they're the same industry and the same business and they're pretty similar as far as like how the companies run. They're both blue chips. Mm-hmm. I mean Yeah, there's opportunity there if one's jumping and the other one's kinda waiting. Uh, yeah, so the two positions I closed out last week, um, I closed out the BMY, like I said, and the reason why I closed that one out is it dropped out of the ascending triangle pattern. The line that I'd been holding as support, it turned into resistance, so it felt like it was time to cut my losses on that. I probably could have waited a little bit to see if it retested that line, but I don't like drops to try to play a retest like that, because fear is three times stronger than greed, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, and then I also got stopped out of Veil, which is really annoying. <laughs> Uh, that one stopped me out Monday morning at $20.61. So I didn't even get my stop limit price. It gapped down below that. Ooh. Yeah, and I had a chance to sell that because I, I was watching it in pre-market. And I was like, yeah, this is not looking good. I should have just closed it out in pre-market because I could have could have gotten closer to like $20.80. could have saved about $0.20 cents the share on that. Instead, I was like, eh, let's see where this goes. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if anybody you knew said that they would be more comfortable buying in a veil around 20. You did. Hmm. You did say that. But I was ho- my plan was that if it dropped below that 2070, I was going to cash out and then jump back in it closer to around 20. 20. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Are you are you looking to get back in closer to 20? I was actually looking at it as a shorting around 21 uh, when it came back up and retested that. I was looking at uh $20.50 puts for mm. eight twenty, just to see. I didn't make any more trades, but I was definitely watching them to see how they would have worked out. My instinct was telling me that once it retested that twenty one line to to short it, I mm. think it would have done pretty much nothing. <laughs> Let's see, where's it? Uh, I mean, no, it would have worked. It would have worked. I get on the one day eight nine. Yeah, so like it came back up the next day, like twenty one thirty five, and then it's back down to twenty sixty four now. Damn. So it would have worked. Yeah, looks like it would have. There is a lot of value in watching a stock and and knowing where it's channeling. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah, and that's uh, that's what I've been spending most of my time between watching the futures lessons. I started doing those two. It was just some of these stocks that I've been watching. I've been trying to just get more screen time with them, so that way I can see how they move, how they react. Um, oh yeah, I did have one other move. I bought AMC shares at thirty three twenty five average. I uh, I bought I bought AMC shares in in Jen's account. She gave me the green light, uh, and I bought them at uh, thirty dollars sixty three cents. I bought these ones earlier in the week. I should have. I did it in two lots. I bought it at thirty three fifty and thirty three, mm-hmm. and then it promptly dropped down to thirty again. <laughs> like I probably should be spreading out those purchase prices a little bit more, but it felt like uh, after watching everything that Bam's been saying about AMC, BlackBerry, GME. He's been super bullish on all these for basically through September now, it looks like. Strength coming up again in uh, Thanksgiving time frame. Yeah. And then huge strength in February. All right. Shall we move on and uh, talk about some earnings? Uh, Yeah, sure. My motto's always been when I'm right, it's right. So I'll wait and watch the charts and the change in price. When the movement's mostly finished at the end of the day. And we know the coming earnings gonna move it my way. Skyrockets in sight. Earnings call to light. Earnings call to light. All right. 
On the 16th, we've got Roblox. Roblox. I can never remember how to say that. RBLX. Uh, Riot Blockchain. R-I-O-T. On the 17th, we've got Walmart and Home Depot. On the 18th, we've got NVIDIA, Target, Lowe's, Cisco, CSEO, and Robinhood, which is kind of strange that Robinhood would have earnings so sh- shortly after their IPO. That, I guess, that is crazy. Yeah, that seems a little weird, doesn't it? Uh, let's see. On the 19th, we've got Ubiquity, Farfetch, F-T-C-H, uh, Ross, R-O-S-T, um, fuck, I don't remember what that is. Coles, I think, K-S-S, and Macy's. Yeah, Coles. Also, by the way, did you see that thing about NVIDIA? They did something where they uh, they basically generated their CEO using, uh, I think, using their graphics cards. <laughs> C- CGI CEO, given his earnings call, or the, yeah, they did their yeah. report. Yeah, I did see that. That was crazy. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Okay, last on the Friday, we've got John Deere, DE, and Foot Locker, FL. Uh, and then it's going to be slowing down again. That's pretty much the uh, tail end of earnings season. Oh, they always feel like they, they last so long. Well, I'm kind of glad that we're through it, because I'd like to start trying to do some longer options plays and not have to worry about fucking volatility, or, yeah, increased volatility due to the earnings coming up. Yeah, well, um, I don't have any consecutive data for you because I didn't do my homework as a lazy motherfucker. Uh, uh, Jesus, but I Dan, did... you're not trading. You're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in a bit of a funk in my life right now, but that's uh, nothing to do with the show. If it looking, just looking at Fridays, uh, I can tell you Adobe's back on the list. Adobe's breaking into new, new highs again. I saw Sonos was doing well. They may have been doing well during the week. Was Johnson and Johnson on there or uh, capital one? Capital One should have been on there. Both are on the list. Johnson and Johnson. Nice. Capital One hit new fifty-two week highs on Friday. They were hitting new ones every day of the week. It seemed like. Yeah. Uh, Cisco Systems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was seeing they were doing well. Dillard's Discover Financial. Uh, we got all these hit new highs on Friday. Uh, Glaxo Smith and Klein. Mm-hmm. Into into it. Back on the list, uh, uh, Microsoft, Motorola, Philip Morris, Papa John's oh, Pizza. What, what? Philip Morris? Philip Morris. Oh, I wonder if their highs... They broke 100. They're at 101.59 a share. Oh, that's... Okay. I thought that's Altrera Group, M-O. No, no. That's PM, for one. Philip Morris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Papa John's Pizza. Oh, good. Well, M-O should... Uh, M-O's not near... Anywhere near its high. It's about five bucks away from its. There may be a catch-up play in there, too. Absolutely. Tyson Foods, WePro, oh, and Yum Brands. Yum Brands. Again. They're up to 134.96. Oh, you know what else I saw was running pretty nicely, too? It looked like Target. Yeah, Target's, Target had a decent week. <laughs> so that means BlackBerry should do well this week. I think so. I think so. I think it's due. <laughs> it's the, the gambler in me, Kyle. It tells me it's due. Well, it's the week after you picked it, so it should be good. Yeah, yeah. All I have to do is not pick it this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's t- talk about some crypto. Yeah, let's do that. Look at the news. What do you see? The cult of cryptocurrency. I know you're greedy. I know you need. of cryptocurrency.
Okay. Well, I uh, I don't know if you're like me, but uh, I was following along reading uh, a lot of stuff about the hacker that stole $600 million from the Poly Network. Oh, yes. There was a software vulnerability in Poly Network, and the hacker managed to drain $600 million in crypto assets, uh, according to the Chinese blockchain company, who then offered them a $500,000 reward for discovering the weakness. That's, uh, wait, did they get their money back? Uh, the, the, the hacker has started transferring money back to them, um, at least, uh, about half of it, about, about 280, 290 million Oof. have been transferred back. So wait, how is that incentive for them? Do they get the half? Well, I guess you get the half a million and no jail time. <laughs> if you get right. all back. Yeah, that might right. be a decent, especially in China. Okay. Yeah. That's probably a good deal. So the company themselves, uh, let me read some quotes from, from what they said. Uh, this was them communicating to the hacker. Mm-hmm. We appreciate you sharing your experience and believe your action constitutes white hat behavior. Since we believe your action is white hat behavior, we plan to offer you a $500,000 bug bounty after you complete the, and the refund fully. Hmm. So that was, a, that was something the, th- the, the thief released and said that that, that that was how they had communicated to him. Okay. I don't know. Apparently, the thief says he's not accepting the bounty. He's just keeping half the six hundred million. <laughs> right? Uh, no, no. Apparently, the, this guy's oh. still gonna send it back. Oh, um, he he does claim to be a white hat white hat hacker who is known in the from uh, non native English speaker. He says he did it uh, uh, not for the money, but for the fun and to raise awareness in the hole in their security. So, you know those okay. DeFi automatic transactions that we talked about with Alex Greengard and uh, Ed from DeChained? Yeah. He, in the Poly Network, this hacker found a vulnerability and was able to use all those automatic transactions, was able to step in and siphon the money out. Is that like that Superman 3? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. It was, it was a super, did a Superman 3. Richard Pryor would be proud. So... He had six hundred million. Mm-hmm. He's giving it all back. I can understand that because uh, obviously that's that kind of theft you can't really get away with. They will find you, and you still six hundred million dollars. But he, but he's not taking the bounty either. Yeah, according to this news article, is this was this is this what Jack Ma's doing with his free time now? <laughs> it's like I'm bored. I'm gonna steal six hundred million dollars. Uh, no, that was fun. Let me give it back. Yeah. Well. You here's the crazy thing is you can't spend it because it's it's all like every coin has its individual a coin identity. Right, yeah, so they'll know that they're gone. So as soon as it was siphoned, they knew which coins were missing and and sent out the list. So any other exchange is going to be like, "Oh, this is one of those stolen bills. This is one of them stolen coins." So like you may have them, but you can, you know, I guess you, you can only use them in private transactions. And then if that fucker, if, if you have a private transaction, the person who got it from you, they can't put it on an exchange. You know what I mean? Like, right. it, bla- it blacklists the money. Oh, my God. I wonder if you could cause Bitcoin deflation. Oh, but that's kind of scary right now, right? At least if I steal $100 from my wife or my mom. <laughs> yeah, I can still spend it. Nobody knows. Like, wow, is crypto a lot more big brother than we thought it was? 
Holy shit. I I think so. Wow. I think so. Ah. Wow. That's stunning realization live on air. My brain, <laughs> mind was just blown right now. <laughs> uh, uh, before, we, before we wrap up crypto, I had a little quick story. It's, speaking of big brother, it's, Kyle, anything else in crypto? <laughs> so part of the infrastructure bill was that they're trying to basically tax crypto. Like they're trying to figure out a way to, to, to somehow collect the government's cut. Yeah, speaking of big brother. <laughs> Uh, I was looking at what the actual term in that provision is on that infrastructure bill, and it's actually kind of terrifying, too. So basically, it's saying that any entity that facilitates a crypto transaction on behalf of another person is going to be treated as a broker, which would mean that that entity would have to file specific tax information reports that would include know your customer details. Yeah. So this could also include like the miners or network validators or hardware developers, like people who don't have that kind of information. Like this could turn into a huge mess mm-hmm. if it passes the way it stands. Now there are uh, people trying to, to change that provision or at least uh, amend it to nar- narrow that scope. Be interested to see where that goes. This is already passed under the Senate. Oh, wow. I think the Senate tried to, to make a change, but they, uh, they blocked it. So it'll be up to the house to try to fix this. We know that, there's one thing American government can do in the legislation process is fix things right. I have high <laughs> confidence that the members of the House of Representatives will get to the bottom of this. They'll, under, they'll know what crypto is. They'll understand yep. it. <laughs> well, good luck, crypto fans. Yep. Shit's about to get crazy. If that passes, oh. If that passes, that would be... I don't know. We'll, I, get, can, I mean, I have to get challenged, I would think. I can't imagine that would stand up. Can you short a Bitcoin? Yeah, you can short Grayscale, I think, or one of the trusts. I think one of the, some exchanges offer actual calls and put options, too, but you have to use Bitcoin to buy them. <laughs> I'm going to use U.S. dollars to short the U.S. dollar. I mean, that's, yeah, that's how that works. Yeah, but I, what I mean is, is, is if I want to borrow <laughs> dollars to sell, I would need dollars to pay for the dollars to sell. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, no, I no, I was I don't know if you can actually physically short it. I think you can you but you can buy put contracts that basically allow you to sell it. Gotcha. All right. But you'd have to still buy it. I'm sure that would just be a cash settled transaction. Well, either way you slice it. It's time to slap iron, motherfucker. Ooh. Pew pew. Pew pew. <laughs> pew pew. <laughs> <laughs> Golly, I felt like uh, uh, I didn't do anything this week, good, bad, or ugly. I was just a blob. Uh, the good thing was I did start the futures videos, and I did manage to set up uh, the very beginnings of my account to 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 simulate trade futures before I put the money in. Well, you can't. We can't simulate until we get it funded, and that's turning out to be a bit of a pain in the ass. So I got my account open too. Uh, were, were were you able to get it funded? Uh, I tried to do an ACH, but there's nowhere on there to put my account. I can only put their account, and I feel like that's an important step in that process. <laughs> 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 I don't want to just send them five grand and be like, "Here you go." <laughs> wow! Wait, so so yeah. 
probably going to have to do a wire, which means I'll probably have to call the bank unless I can do it through Bank of America because my other bank didn't have that option on there. Okay. Yeah. Without calling them. I was trying to do it all. Just I wanted to just click on a computer and make it go there. All the money's electronic anyway. It shouldn't be that fucking hard. You would think. Yeah. But that was my good too. My focus was on learning last week. Yeah, lots of crazy stuff to learn. Uh, I feel like Futures is its own podcast, though. Uh, I'm, I'm scared. I was really excited. Did you get to the part about the range charts? Um, no, but I did turn on the range charts in uh, TradingView and was, was playing with it. I mean, I fucking love those charts. If you want to actually see the structure that much clearer, yeah, try using one of those range charts where you, you say, give me a new bar anytime the price moves by a certain amount of ticks, price ticks. Mm-hmm. And it just gets rid of all that consolidation noise. And you just kind of, you can really see the structure of whatever the move is really clearly. Oh, oh, he, the, the peaks and valleys. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was using it to look at stocks, too. I, I don't know why we aren't using this to look at stocks. In fact, I think I'm going to start making that part of my toolkit. So if I was looking at charts for swing trades, what what kind of ranges would I would I be needing to look at? Like a 10 tick, a 100 tick? Like I mean, it depends on how... I mean, you use the, the tick setting to kind of drill down like you do with your one hour, five minute, one minute. Okay. So you can use 10 tick as like your... your closest look and then go 25 tick to back out a little further and go all the way back out to like 100 to get like a real broad view but yeah i see oh i i i'll have to play with that that's that sounds really interesting you should because it, it it just looks so much clearer like throw capital one on there and then just throw it on a, a 25 tick chart and see what it, see the difference mm. well i feel like we'll we'll need to do a deep dive into tick charts on next week's episode I'll probably have to look a little closer at him, yeah. I just started playing with him this week. Yeah, help all the listeners out there understand this this new incredible tool that you're discovering. <laughs> uh, anyway, did you have a bad? Yeah, I should have peeled off some of my BlackBerry options, like George had suggested. I should have done it at the beginning of the week, and I didn't. Oh, yeah, I didn't do that either. I probably should have done that, too. <laughs> <laughs> my bad was cl- uh, not closing out Vail in pre-market. Yeah, you have that fucking plan. Well, looking at it, you know what it's going to do, and then you just, I could be wrong. <laughs> okay, okay, so we are on the same page, because that, that's, that's what will happen to me. I'll, like, sit down, I'll have the plan in my head, and then, like, when I'm watching the chart live, yeah. I start to think, like, oh, well, well. It's going back up now. Who knows what it's going to do? <laughs> and I can, hear, I can hear George in my head in one of those lessons, where, like, okay, guy, when you're going through the, the psychology of, like, the, the cycle, Mm-hmm. Well, why would I sell there? It's going up now. Exactly. Well, if, and then it goes back down, and you're like, well, fuck, if it just gets back to here, then I'll sell. And then it gets back to there, and you're like, well, why would I sell? It's going up. It's going up. <laughs> I can feel myself doing it, and I can't mm-hmm. stop myself still. <laughs> <laughs> or, or or, for me, why would I sell now? It's still going down. It'll turn around eventually, and then I'll sell <laughs> when it goes up. I'll sell it on the bounce. On the bounce. Now it's recovering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you get locked into that hold pattern. Yeah. Which, if it shares is one thing, but if it's options... Yeah, and then you're just holding into nothing. That only, only, only ends in pain. <laughs> what did George say? Like, they even tell you when they're going to be worthless? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, man. Ah, future Zone. Can't wait to try that out. Yeah, and I am taking it seriously in terms of doing the simulated futures trading, like, the paper trading? Yep. Yep, uh, that's my plan, too. I want to actually do the paper trading. 
they, I tried to set it up on uh, the um, trading view, but you need uh-huh. the live data in order to right in order to paper trade futures on them. I thought about just trying to set up my TD Ameritrade account to let me do it, but I would much rather use the same tools that they are because they have a lot of different things that they give you, like libraries to plug into Sierra Charts. Yeah, and Sierra Charts stopped linking with Ameritrade apparently like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Yeah, and I'd like to keep everything the same if I could, the same that they're using. Yep, so ugly for me would probably be... uh, devoting my time to education but still finding lots of procrastination excuses to not watch my videos and do my education (laughs) yeah that's not good every every opportunity i was like okay i'm sitting down i'm gonna finish this next video and then like something would pop up on my phone be like or do this new thing yeah (laughs) you almost have to turn everything off yeah yeah i really do that's what i should start doing yeah turning my phone off, have a one, two hours a day. I mean, if you're in an actual classroom, I mean, that's what what they want you to do, right? That's true. Put your phone on silent, put it away. Don't disrupt the class. Don't disrupt the class. Well, I guess that's what I have to do. What was uh, was your ugly, Kyle? I mean, I had uh, the missed opportunities on trying to trade Capital One. Mm -hmm. I had multiple chances to try it, but that doesn't feel like an ugly. That feels more like a bad... Yeah, I don't, I don't. I wouldn't consider anything you did ugly this week, other than well, no, I would say holding the the options, the eight twenties, not selling them. You turned it into a weekly. You turned it into a weekly. I did. Yeah, I did. I don't think that's a great move. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think Monday morning's gonna have to be when I get out of those because then you at least get that spread. It gets a little unpredictable, and usually they're overinflated in the mornings as opposed to the end of the day. I think that's part of what went to my decision, too. Yeah, well, what? just so I can buy these the moment you sell them, what's the strike price? It's 175 <laughs> and 820 But it's trading above 176 right now, so at least it has some intrinsic value. That's why I felt a little more comfortable holding them. Yeah, fair enough. But a lot can happen between Friday and Monday. <laughs> also, volume is ticking up. Okay, let's, uh, let's start talking uh, about a new bet. Yeah, I really anxious to make a hit a home run this week are you yeah get to go first so have you figured out what you're gonna do i have a lot of those shares too i'd rather you didn't ruin that one this week too <laughs> i'm just faking you out personally and maybe with the exception of the the people who remembered who who follow my twitter and, and remembered the amc Buy AMC yeah, yeah. video. No, uh, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna follow George. I'm gonna pick the SPXS this week. Are you? Yeah, yeah. All right, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm reading this about the market being euphoric. Um, I'm seeing that S and P continue to hit highs, and I'm going. Maybe this is the week it turns around a little bit. I mean, what are the futures priced at right now? 
I don't know. I haven't gotten that far in the course. I'm just saying, that give you a little peek into what's going to happen. Well, what the traders think is going to happen. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. I got three here on my list that I choose from. I like Comcast right now. C-M-C-S-A. Uh, they just broke... Oh, God damn it, where's my chart? They just broke above the line I had drawn at 58.62 last couple days, but don't like where the volume's at on that, so I'm not sure that I'm buying that yet. Plus, it's a real slow mover. You're probably talking about maybe getting dollar out of it. Uh, that's also a positive, though, because that means I shouldn't lose a whole lot if, I, uh, if it goes terribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other one I'm looking at that I like is Palantir. It just jumped over the 2231 mark, and then I got another line drawn around 2450 that it just crossed above, 2430. Yeah. Uh, they had some great earnings, but kind of selling off right now. I think that if you look at the hourly, it's got a real nice flag pattern, like a real nice, real nice pennant that it's uh it's drawn up. They did, did they did just have that huge fucking earnings, and then yeah, I'm looking at it. So it's like a pennant consolidating after the earnings boost. Yep. Okay. And I kind of like that one. I kind of like that one because I think it could run up to twenty seven fifty, somewhere in that range. If I was to buy it, I'd probably take uh take profits at that range and move my trail up to 2650 if i was going to do that and the other one the last one i'm looking at which because you went short now i'm wondering if i should jump with this one i was looking at marriott actually oh marriott is flirting with the support line it's in this triangle pattern but it keeps knocking against this 13450 line and i think if it drops below that we could see it run down to 127 128 probably around 128 which, if I was going to play that, I would want to short it there, and I'd want to buy it back if it hit that 128 mark, and then ride it back up. Because there is some solid volume coming in buying it at that point. Well, which are you going to pick? God damn, I don't know. I'll probably just make it simple and go with Palantir. I like it. Uh, I, I do like it. Uh, I, mean, I don't want to encourage you or anything. Um <laughs> But uh, uh, the way that it popped up and it found that that support right around twenty four forty four, like looking at the volume profile, like it, yeah, it really clanged into that support. Now it's uh, consolidating. Yep. So yeah, I'll put a stop loss at twenty four on that. So that'll give me plenty of room on that flag pattern or mm-hmm. that pennant. And then, like I said, I want to take. I want to sell half of it if it hits 2750-ish, we'll say, 2750. If it hits that, I'll take half, and then I'll move my stop loss up to 2650 if that happens. Okay, so you got a stop loss below at 24, and then you're going to mm-hmm. sell half at 2750. Yep. Okay. Mr. Complex, I'm just buying and holding. And then if it does sell half at 2750, then I'm moving a stop loss down. Or up to twenty six fifty. Okay, that's written down. That's set in stone. You cannot change yes. that. Never. <laughs> <laughs> All right, are we ready to to get a, ran- a random? Uh, yeah. Let me pull the thing up. Cut out the dice rolls. All right, one. Th- give me a one through three number. Two. Did we say we're not doing Amex? Yeah. What was the oh. ASX? Oh. Okay, two is New York stock. Oh, we're doing one or two. We're doing one or okay, two. Okay, so yeah. I'm going to do odds or evens. Uh, you gave me a two. That's 
Oh, it's okay. I've rolled a two again. So okay, so New York Stock Exchange, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twelve. Ooh, one. Finance, New York Stock Exchange, finance. Oh goddamn it! CS, Credit Suisse. <laughs> okay. Credit Swiss, <laughs> credit, credit Susi, Credit Swiss. They're they're suffering because of that uh, crazy scandal, still, aren't they? Yeah, with the company I used to work for. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is not a good week for random. Good. Yeah, they just had uh, just had earnings. Mm. Oh, there you have it. I have nobly. Picked with great reverence, the triple leverage S&P Bear Fund, S-O-X-S. Kyle coming in hot with PLTR, and Random gets CS. Stay tuned to next week, and we'll find out who's the biggest loser. <laughs> probably, probably me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh... Yeah, what are we doing? Um, <laughs> this. I think it's time to end. So that's going to bring us to the, the, the end of the episode. We, we really appreciate you sticking around, uh, having a good time with us. Stay tuned. We will be coming back at you soon. And until then, like, share, subscribe, give us a phone call, and uh, happy trades. Bye. Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.